Hey everyone, my name is Adam Barfoot and welcome to episode 35 of the Counseling and Functional Fitness Podcast. I am a mental health therapist and I'm also a CrossFit Level 1 trainer. The Counseling and Functional Fitness Podcast focuses on the integration of mental health and fitness. In this episode, I talk about the poem called Invictus by William Ernest Hengley. I talk about post-traumatic growth, realizing your strength, how people heal from trauma, the importance of your thoughts, and how to think more positively. If you have been enjoying this podcast, take a moment to leave a rating and review. I'd greatly appreciate that. I am a mental health therapist working in private practice at New Beginnings Counseling Center in Chattanooga, Tennessee. I enjoy helping my clients build resilience, hope, and courage in their lives. I work with adults and teenagers who are seeking to improve their emotional intelligence, relationships, responses to stress, and ways of working through life's challenges. I particularly enjoy working with athletes who are looking to improve their performance and people who work in high-performance environments with high expectations for themselves. Improving our mental health directly affects our performance, whether we are on the court, field, in the gym, or our workplace. I believe that you are capable of great things, and I would love to be a part of your journey of healing and growth. If you would like to meet with me for therapy, you can follow the link to my Psychology Today profile, which is in the description of this podcast episode, and you can call the phone number on that website to schedule a therapy session with me. The poem called Invictus by William Ernest Hengley says, Out of the night that covers me, black as the pit from pole to pole, I thank whatever gods may be for my unconquerable soul. In the fell clutch of circumstance, I have not winced nor cried aloud. Under the bludgeonings of chance, my head is bloody but unbowed. Beyond this place of wrath and tears looms but the horror of the shade, and yet the menace of the years finds and shall find me unafraid. It matters not how straight the gate, how charged with punishments the scroll. I am the master of my fate. I am the captain of my soul. Invictus is a Latin word that means unconquerable and undefeated. The man in the poem comes out of the night that covered him, his light of strength all the more real to him. His strength and perseverance are no longer only ideas and concepts to him because now he can see them clearly and they are now grounded in reality. He proves his strength to himself. He proves to himself that he is undefeated although his experience tried to defeat him, and that he remains unconquerable through an experience that tried to conquer him. Eric Greitens, in his book called Resilience, which I've mentioned many times on this podcast, says, Great calamity met with great spirit can create great strength. The power of coming out on the other side of terribly difficult experiences is that we not only can survive, but we can thrive. 
With patience, perseverance, the refusal to quit, hope, and willingness to see things in new ways, we can heal. When we meet great calamity with great spirit, we can come out on the other side with greater strength than we had before. In her book called Post-Traumatic Success, Friedrich Banink says, Enrichment or post-traumatic growth means that an individual eventually arrives at a higher level of psychological functioning than he or she had before the negative event happened. This is a positive change that the individual experiences as a result of his or her struggle with the traumatic event. In other words, the experience is transformative and represents a value-added or better-off afterward state. Other descriptions of this general construct include thriving, stress-related growth, perceived benefits, and adversarial growth. The man in Invictus was covered by a black night, but he was not overcome by the darkness. He was caught in a destructive circumstance, but was not destroyed. He was in a place of wrath and tears, yet he was determined to not fear, and to that end, he was found unafraid. We all need something to move toward, and that can include moving away from something else. This includes what Frederick Banning calls in that same book, Push Traumatic Success, she calls approach goals and avoidance goals. Put simply, approach goals are something we move toward and we want more of, and avoidance goals are something we want to move away from or want less of in our lives. Some may say, I want to feel less sad. And of course, this brings to mind, what do I want more of in my life? If we want to just decrease something in our lives, we must increase something else. Becoming more organized means becoming less cluttered. Becoming more fit means increasing fitness-related behaviors. There's a quote from Carl Jung. He says, I am not what happened to me. I am what I choose to become. Of course, we do not decide everything that happens in our lives, but we do decide how we respond to everything that happens in our lives. The ways that we view ourselves, others, and the world around us, those are our choice. We can have the perspective that everything is out of our control and happening to us in order to hurt us, or we can take the approach that we can learn and grow as well as become more wise due to the things that happen in our lives. Taking responsibility and ownership includes the state of mind that what I do is up to me to decide. My actions are my responsibility. How I respond to adversity is my choice. Of course, recovering from trauma and eventual post-traumatic growth are not simple. A hallmark of a traumatic experience is the feeling of helplessness. Maybe what happened to you was out of your control. But eventually, that is not a reason to remain helpless or stay helpless or take on a helpless state of mind and way of being in the world. 
In his book called Emotional Intelligence, Daniel Goleman talks about a concept from Dr. Judith Lewis Herman, about whom he says is a Harvard psychiatrist whose groundbreaking work outlines the steps to recovery from trauma. Herman sees three stages, attaining a sense of safety, remembering the details of the trauma and mourning the loss it has brought, and finally re-establishing a normal life. Gaining a sense of control over what is happening in our lives now is what Daniel Goldman calls a direct unlearning of the lesson of helplessness that the trauma itself imparted. Gaining a sense of how the trauma has impacted our thinking is important because experiencing trauma affects how we view ourselves, others, and the world around us. At basic levels, we can view ourselves on a spectrum as good or bad. We can view others on a spectrum of trustworthy or untrustworthy. And we can view the world around us on a spectrum of safe or unsafe. Our experiences and our relationships significantly affect how we view everything and the perspectives we have about ourselves, others, and the world around us. Corrective experiences are an important part of healing from trauma. A corrective experience is an experience where the feelings about a circumstance were similar, but the outcome is different. We can work toward corrective experiences when we are empowered to know that we have choices in life and that our actions are in our control. We are not helpless. At a basic and foundational level, corrective experiences are about learning to tell ourselves a different story and experiencing the fact that we have power to influence not always what happens to us, but how we respond to what happens to us. As we establish safety, our response is within our control. Sometimes our initial emotional reaction to a person or experience is not what we'd like it to be. And that's okay, because there is a big difference between reacting and responding. Initial reactions are often gut level and purely emotional and can be seen as a way of threat detection that typically does not lead to our best decisions, especially in relationships. Thoughtful responses are where our power is. A trusted person hurting us in some way can affect not only how we view, but also how we interact with people we trust. If we are constantly pushing away those closest to us, there could be some pain or hurt that makes us hesitant to trust even those who have earned our trust. Safe, trusting relationships have the power to be corrective experiences. Corrective experiences have great potential for helping us heal. Being vulnerable with a trustworthy person has great power to heal relational wounds. The man in Invictus, coming out of the difficulty, realizes his unconquerable soul. It can be hard in the midst of difficulty and suffering and adversity to tell what we are made of, but surely we can see after we are out how we are. The man understands now and has come to the realization of his inner condition. His inner condition is strength. 
His condition is perseverance through difficulty. His inner condition has also made its way out into his life and his perspective of himself and how he is in the world. His condition, both inward to himself and outward through his actions to others and the world, is that which enables him to refuse to be defeated. He experienced things that were meant to harm him, yet he chose to be unconquerable. He became strong instead of becoming broken. He conquered instead of being conquered. And perhaps he could not know his soul was unconquerable unless he experienced and conquered this difficulty. Similar to coming up to fresh air from being submerged in deep water, the man in Invictus comes out of the difficulty realizing his inner strength and therefore his unconquerable soul. He finds freedom through the difficulty he experiences. He finds freedom from the self-defeating thoughts that so many people struggle with. He reminds himself of his strength. He reminds himself of his willingness to persevere and his unwillingness to be conquered by this adversity. He finds peace in the fight for strength. Strength is not easily earned. It's like wisdom in that way. Strength is achieved through the repeated, relentless effort of striving to become better. The man in Invictus comes out of the difficulty expressing gratitude for his unconquerable soul. Unconquerable means that regardless of what happens, we will not submit to being controlled by the force trying to beat us down or hold us back. We can, so to speak, rage against the dying of the light and keep pursuing the goal we desire to achieve, the progress we desire desire to make, and strive toward becoming the person we desire to be. The unconquerable soul thanks the powers that be for blessing him with the gift that he realized in his most trying times. When we are in the midst of adversity or suffering or hardship or some other kind of trying time, We may have difficulty seeing anything beyond what is right in front of us. It's easy to feel overwhelmed by these things. We can get so caught up in our sadness and grief or anxious feelings, which is a reason that talking about our emotions with a trusted person is so beneficial. In therapy, we can explain our experiences without being judged for that experience. And I found that this can be true of the best of friends as well. Withholding judgment goes very far in helping people through their troubles. If we place a judgment on what a person is experiencing, we can label it as good or bad, or we can label them as weak or insufficient to face their challenges. And that is never helpful to do either of those kinds of things. Asking for help is not a sign of weakness. It is a strength to understand that we cannot always do everything without any help. We can grow more through asking for help than we can by acting as if we can face everything on our own and acting as though we can handle everything we experience on our own. Talking with someone, whether it's a therapist or, like I mentioned, the 
truly the best of friends. Talking with those people who are non-judgmental can help us experience freedom from our own self-judgment. Self-judgment holds us back, and judging ourselves does the same. Labeling ourselves as weak is not helpful. If the man in Invictus labeled his circumstances and his experience as bad or labeled himself as weak for experiencing difficulty, I doubt he would have grown and learned as much as he did. It's important to look at what benefits the difficult emotions and experiences we have might be offering to provide for us. Often in my therapy work, I encourage people to look at what the potential benefits are of their harsh inner critic or self-judgment. The benefits of those can be that, especially the inner critic, can help us achieve highly by keeping us accountable, holding ourselves to a high standard, and urging us to become better. But the inner critic and voice of self-judgment can get in our way and hold us back when they are critical to the point that they paralyze us from doing what we know we can do. When we hold ourselves to a standard of perfection, we hold ourselves to an unattainable standard. A line that stands out to me from Invictus is, My head is bloody, but unbowed. The definition of the word unbowed is not having submitted to pressure or demands. The pressure was on this man in Invictus to quit when things were overwhelmingly difficult, but he refused to quit. To throw in the towel in a boxing match means that the boxer or the coach throws in the boxer's towel to end the fight. It's a sign of submitting to the pressure of the fight. To throw in the towel is to admit defeat and to submit your possible victory to your opponent. Something about being in the fight is that you have the ability to be the victor. You have the potential to win and to raise your hands in victory. We all have the chance to be victorious or concede the victory to our opponent. The unconquerable soul is unwilling to give in to the desire to withdraw from the fight, to throw in the towel, to give up the fight, to cease striving. Instead, the unconquerable soul will fight and fight and fight toward improvement. The call for the journey of improvement does not wait until we think we are ready for it. It may wake us up in the night, reminding us of where we could be, but it also might greet us in the morning, encourage us to try with all of our might today in order to become as great a person as we could be. The call of improving ourselves and helping others is just that, a call. It can be answered or dismissed. It's our choice as to how we respond to that call. We can try to mute the noise or pretend we don't hear it, but understand that dismissing a call is responding to it. Inaction is still a choice. Refusing to give an answer is an answer, and it is a right and an option that you have to say no to that voice. But passion awakens when we realize the sacredness of the call that offers us to pursue greatness. We can take beatings and not be beaten. We can lose and not be defeated. Our soul can remain 
undefeated, and unconquered. The condition of your heart and soul does not have to change with circumstantial change. In life's difficulties, the choice to surrender or continue on is ours. Just as when we get knocked down, the choice to get back up is ours. It's our choice whether we get back up and try again. We can quit just like others whose legacy has not lived on. We can quit just like those who we have never heard of and just like those whose stories we do not know. But I believe that you don't really want to quit. Maybe you want rest and relief, which is, of course, very important. But rest, recovery, and healing are far different than throwing in the towel and quitting. We can persist, just like those legends who we read about and the heroic stories we know well and aspire to. We can keep going in the midst of hardship, following in the footsteps of those who you have heard of and your children will hear of. We can continue on regardless of the difficulty, similar to those athletes who win championships after many losses. We won't get far if we quit at the first sign of difficulty. We might feel the burn of desire to give in, but we learn over time to not give in to that voice. That is not the voice that leads to victory. It is the voice that leads to mediocrity. It is not the path that leads to the life we desire. The voice of the desire to quit is the path that leads to average, and average is not what we are after. Perfection is not the goal, and progress is the goal. If we expect to be perfect, we won't get very far. If we expect everything to go without error, we won't get very far. And if we throw our hands up in resignation at the first sign of frustration, we won't get very far. And the line of Invictus that says, and yet the menace of the years finds and shall find me unafraid. So what does being found unafraid mean? It can mean that we are prepared for whatever happens. But instead of being prepared for some specific event, we can focus on improving the state of being prepared. In other words, focusing on our mental and emotional fitness and becoming fit for whatever trial may come. Be found unafraid. Persist in the face of all odds. When we face seemingly insurmountable odds, we can ensure that those odds are insurmountable if we quit before giving all we have in our effort. Fear is an opportunity for courage. We cannot show courage when we are not afraid. Things worth doing are things worth doing regardless of the odds of success compared to coming up short and missing the mark. We always have an opportunity if we are willing to not only see it, but to take hold of it, act on it, and grow through it. And now for these final few lines of Invictus. It matters not how straight the gate, how charged with punishments the scroll. I am the master of my fate. I am the captain of my soul. The straight gate and narrow path is the one people take who desire greatness. We can create purpose in our hardship and not only on the other side of it. An important part of this is exploring 
what our pain could mean, and how we can learn from it. In episode 33 of this podcast, I talked about emotional intelligence, and I talked about how emotions are information and messengers. The definition of the word messenger is a person who carries a message or is employed to carry messages. Take a step back from your emotions and consider what you could learn from this information and what messages this emotion could be trying to communicate to you. Move forward with that information and those messages in mind. To learn more about emotional intelligence, listen to episode 33 of this podcast. So how do we realize that we are the master of our fate and the captain of our soul? And how do we bring this reality into our awareness? A first step can be to realize whether or not we want to relinquish our choices to someone or something else. Reflect on the questions. Are you going to give permission to a situation or experience or a person who hurt you to make decisions for you? Are you going to let that person or situation write the narrative of your life? Or are you going to find empowerment in the fact that how you respond is your responsibility? Remember that the stories you tell yourself and your narrative are up to you. We are empowered when we understand that we have more control over our decisions than maybe at first we thought we did. We also have control over our perception, so the way we view the events in our lives and the stories we tell ourselves about those events. There is a fascinating thought exercise in Frederick Banning's book, Post-Traumatic Success. The thought exercise is called Turn On Positivity, where she says, We all have the power to turn positivity on and off for ourselves. Experiment with this and turn positivity on right now. Take a moment to notice your physical surroundings. Whether you are in your living room or in your bathroom, on the bus or on the train, ask yourself, What is right about my current circumstances? What makes me lucky to be here? What aspect of my current situation might I view as a gift to be treasured? How does it benefit me or others? Taking time to think in this manner can ignite the inner glow of gratitude. Take a few moments to savor and enjoy the good feeling you have created for yourself. Now, turn positivity off. Positivity spoiling questions include, What is wrong here? What is bothering me? What should be different or better? Who is to blame? Try asking yourself these kinds of questions, follow the chain of thoughts they produce, and see how quickly your positivity plummets. I really like that thought exercise, and I think it's really powerful to turn on positivity and to see how we can do that. So we can turn positivity on, or we can turn negativity on. It's our choice. Either way, we are choosing to turn one on. Our power is in our focus and our responses. Whether we focus on the positives or the negatives, the choice is ours. There's a quote from the reformer and theologian Martin Luther about our thoughts. He says, We can't keep birds from flying over our heads, but we can keep them from making a nest in our hair. So we cannot control every thought we have, but we do decide how we respond to the thoughts we have. 
We do not control every fleeting thought that passes through our minds, but we can decide what thoughts we willingly revisit time and time again. The power of our thoughts is remarkable. Our thoughts, of course, feed into how we go about living our lives, how we relate to others and function in our relationships, how we respond to stress and other emotions, and eventually, whether or not we are willing to go to the difficult places that self-realization and healing requires. Another quote from Frederick Banink in that same book I've mentioned is, A high percentage of our emotions are determined by how we interpret events. So, who is in control of your narrative and the stories you tell yourself? Is it your power you are using or your power that you are giving over? No one is going to make you get better in your fitness or in your life. No one is going to make you improve yourself and help others. It's your choice. We can make the best possible growth when we are willing to take ownership and responsibility for our improvement. We can give it over to someone or something else, or we and I can remember that I am the master of my fate. I am the captain of my soul. Hey everyone, hope you enjoyed the episode. You can follow along with Counseling and Functional Fitness on Facebook and Instagram. You can contact me by emailing counselingandfunctionalfitness at gmail.com or by messaging Counseling and Functional Fitness on Facebook and Instagram. See you next time.